the Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club, in the Beach House at Barwon Heads, are very proud to bring you episode 23 of The Tree on the Wing. Auskick is a fundamental part of most community football clubs in this day and age, but there was a time when not every club participated, and Bowen Heads was one of those clubs, until one of the teachers at the local primary school noticed the large number of boys having a kick at the footy at recess and lunchtimes. He canvassed the idea with a few of the dads, and before long, Bowen Heads too had Auskick. That teacher had two boys, and both went on to represent the club in senior football. The older one has gone on to coach the club, to a premiership no less. Mitchell Herbison can hold his place in any conversation of the best player who has ever played for the club. After playing in the Under-18 Premiership in 2005 and making his senior bones in 2006 and 7, it was clear that he had a talent for the game, and Mitch journeyed into the broader football landscape. He had stints in the Geelong Football League, the Victorian Football League and the Northern Territory Football League before returning to coach the club with legend Bobby Wallace in 2017. Mitch has previously joined us on the podcast a couple of times in group interview situations, but it was time we gave this champion of the club his own episode. Ironically, though accidentally, it turns out that it's episode number 23 which is a number strongly associated with Mitch's greatest successes at the club. We hope you'll enjoy our chat with Mitchell Herbison. Alright, we are recording. G'day everybody and welcome to the Tree on the Wing. I'm Teddy Donnell and I'm at the Beach House in Bowen Heads. We haven't been here for a little while. We've had a bit of a hiatus because there's been a couple of things on and uh, I've been crook so I was coughing that badly I couldn't for about three weeks I wouldn't wouldn't have been able to put two sentences together which is two more than I usually can put together anyway so um, that's why we haven't been on. Jo- I'm joined tonight by a man who recently was named on the bench in the 1980s Team of the Decade for Bowen Heads at the Centenary Celebration, where we did have Teams of the Decade and a team of teams in netball. What yeah. was that called? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. And that's uh, Russell Nipper Highland. G'day, Nipper. How are you going? Very well, Teddy. And I must admit... Um you did say it's been a long time since we've been to the beach house. I think it's been uh, probably two and a half days since I was last here. I had the um, sponsor's lunch here on Saturday and it was fantastic. Um, guest speaker was the coach, Dan Donati, and also um, Ted Mitten from the racing industry that lives locally in town got up and gave a few tips and stories on racing, and the tips got up, so it was a good tips day. tips got up? Did you get on them? I didn't get on them, no, it wasn't quick enough, but That's the first one got up, and then after that I didn't take much interest because I wasn't on them, but um, no, it was a good day. It's a great place to be, at the beach house. Oh, yes. And the celebration of the centenary has been on since last we were on, yes. and it was a very good night. Our guest was there, our guest was also named in one of the teams of the decade, and that's not his first team of the decade either, Nip. By the way, no, we'll go through that a little bit later. Research, okay. hey, well, I've done a bit of research on this bloke, and there's a fair body of work. So tonight we are joined 
by a bloke who I think played his first footy at Barwon Heads in Auskick and may have been, if we had a number one cap in Auskick, he'd probably wear it. Probably. If you think about it. Yeah. Because we'll talk to him about that. He played his juniors at Barwon Heads and he played seniors at Barwon Heads before leaving and going to another club where he had stunning success, really, and then played a little bit of footy with a footy club called Geelong. They, yeah, yeah, they go all right, don't they? Yeah. They go all right. Yeah. When he was playing, they went all right. And he returned to the club in 2017 to coach us and in, with his good mate, Bobby Wallace. And I'm speaking, of course, of Mitch Herbison. G'day, Mitch. How are you going? Going well, thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. Now, we haven't had you on before, and we did get a bit of a drive-by on one of the podcasts you were on for not having you on. Now, you have been on this on the tray on the wing a couple of times. One of the times, and you had both hands full and were on your way somewhere else, and we just grabbed you out of the crowd. That was after winning the 2019 Premiership, which is a great night. And more recently, when we had the day on the hill, and yet you were kind enough to give us a, a few words about the up-and-coming season. But you've also been on K-Rock. He's been on the Stone. What's it called? The Stone Heen Experience Something or like whatever, that. whatever it is. Something like and, that. Uh, and... Of course, the best one was... Well, has he been on the Howie Games, has he? No, he hasn't been on the Howie Games. No. Better than the Howie Games. Better than the Howie Games. Sorry, Howie, but it, it is yeah. a lot older. The one we copied, uh, other than the Howie Games... Oh, he's been on the Coulda Beans. He's been on the Coulda Beans. Yes. And uh, that's where we got the famous line... Bobby gives Bobby the sprays. Bobby gives the sprays. And Mitch was the man who said that. Yes. Well, I don't think he actually did say it, but... Yeah, anyway, Mitch... Welcome and thanks for coming along. Nah, thanks for having me, boys. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming. Well, it has been. It's been uh, it's been a long time. The unfortunate thing about uh, obviously Teddy doing a fair bit of research on you. Um, if you Google Chook a piece, you get a little bit. If you Google Alan Fry, you won't get a lot. If you Google Dennis Johnson, you won't get much. But if you Google Mitch Herbison, you will get a lot of stuff. You'll get a lot of photos, you'll get a lot of stories, you'll get uh, a lot of stats as well. So obviously Teddy's done a fair bit of research in that, now, which is good. Yes, which might make this next bit hard for Mitch yeah, because he now has to give us two truths and a lie. And this is part of the part of the show, which it's the only part that the guest has to do any thinking about previously, and it's a bit of homework that we ask him to do, but it is a nice icebreaker and it gets us talking. So what are your two truths and a lie, Mitch? Well, uh, first one, I've, uh, I named my dog uh, after Toby Green. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Next one. I had a hole in one a month ago. Mm. That wasn't on the internet. And I was fired from my first job. Oh. I don't reckon any of us would be on the internet, Teddy. <laughs> they won't wow. be. Well, I didn't find them. Not that I looked much on the internet. I'll tell you where I went later on. Anyway, so Mitch, the first, they're very good. I like them. The recent hole in one, see? Mm. Yeah, probably not a lot of people know about that, is it? Actually, no, the Holden no, one's no, come no, up a couple of times, isn't it? Didn't I reckon um, Dizzy had it? Did Dizzy mention something about a hole in one? I have, yeah. And I reckon, well, Mitchell might have spoken about a hole in one. Mightn't have been playing golf though. Um, so, Mitch, 
we we sort of touched on it in in the introduction, but we always ask people, how did you end up at the Barwon Heads Footy Club? So we'll ask that, but we've sort of touched on it a little bit. How did you end up at the Barwon Heads Footy Club? Uh, well, my d- dad was teaching at Barwon Heads Primary School uh, when I was growing up. Um, we moved down here uh, when I was about seven or eight years old. Um, we actually moved to the back of the primary school. We backed onto the oval and, uh, yeah, sort of started at, at Bowen Heads Primary in grade one or two. And, um, yeah, Dad started uh, started up the Kick program. There was a bit of a gap between, um, I guess, school and, and the, you know, the footy that was played there just in the schoolyard. And then I think the, the lowest junior team at the time was probably under 15, so... There was a bit of a gap there between, um, between sort of school footy and uh, and our junior footy at Barnhead. So Dad started the Auskick program, and yeah, where we went, went from, from there. Went from there. So actually, um, on Saturday here at the sponsors' day, it was mentioned by um, the MC Warren Mitchell that um, the bloke who's still running around today. Pete Swinton, who's been playing for a long, long time, started his career at Barnheads playing under 14 football when he was seven or eight. And um, I don't think Pete'd be older than you, wouldn't he? Pete's a year older than me. A year older than you. So he missed out on Auskick, but he went straight in and as a true Swinton played, you know, obviously bottom, bottom, bottom age um, as a seven or eight-year-old playing under 14s. And then after a few years of doing that, they actually brought in under 12s. And he dropped back to the under-12s from the under-14s after playing three or four years with them. So um, on top of his, um, I don't know how many games he's played at the moment, but over well over 250, I think. Oh, yeah, it has uh, to be. Yeah, um, on top of that, there's probably 150 junior games as well. Yeah, but uh, that was something that popped up about the Auskick. There's no Auskick, so yeah, Pete Swinton was probably the um, last of the ones to go through without Auskick which makes you the first to go through. So, so the number one cap. So can you remember who the kids were that were in that Auskick group? Yeah, so a lot of them, um, yeah, I've probably played recently at the club. There was uh, Bobby Wallace was one of them, uh, Jacob Fay, um, uh, Jason Todd, uh, Jason Sudis, Tim Nunn, those sort of guys all, um, all around my age. Um, yeah, they basically basically played from, from Auskick under 10s, under 11s, all the way through to under 18s, and um, and then some of them went on to play senior footy at Barnheads. Yeah, a number of them. Knowing your old man, he would have gone around and sort of grabbed all their old, all their fathers previous to that and made sure they were going to turn up before he sort of said, yes, we're going to have an Oz kick, because he probably taught most of them or was involved in teaching most of them at the school, was he? Yeah, he was, yeah. So, I don't know, he probably saw that, um, you know, there was a bit of a love for footy amongst the Bowenheads people at lunchtime and recess kicking the footy around. So, yeah, you probably saw a little bit of a gap there to to fill and, yeah, started the Auskick. Given given how many of those boys have gone on and had um, pretty good careers with the club, it, it seems like a good move. I guess they all would have ended up there anyway, but it is um, it is a great way to get... Was Auskick then before... Hadn't, wasn't Vic kick, was it? No, Vic kick's a bit, oh, could a bit older been. than I'm that. Sure. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was Auskick. And... Most of that group of blokes would have played in that 2005 under-18 premiership team too. Yeah, that's right. They yeah. they were basically the first group of yeah. um, 
that went through the Auskick well, program. Proof in the pudding um, that it obviously works. Yeah. So, that was a yeah. pretty good team, that, wasn't it? And yeah, it was, a lot of those yeah. boys, all, all, including yourself, went on to play some um, some pretty good footy and, yeah, and um, represent the club and other clubs pretty at pretty high levels and um, mm. pretty well. And it was also a fabulous game. It was, if you yeah. Remember the game. It was a great game. Yeah. Great game to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. I bet it was. Um, and you won, um, so then on, on to your senior footy, um, you started playing senior footy shortly after that at Bowen Heads? Yeah, so the next year after the, the under-18 premiership, started playing senior footy under Kirsch and Paddo it was at the time. Oh, okay. They took over as coaches and um, yeah, they were pretty keen to sort of give a few young guys a crack, so Bobby and I uh, got a few games, which was great. So yeah, it was a bit of a reality check playing senior footy against some of the the powerhouses like Amos and Newcomb at the time and uh, and Torquay, so it's, yeah, it's good fun. How, how old were you? Just eighteen. Uh, I was seventeen then, so I was still eligible to play under 18s yep. But um, yeah, played most of the year in the senior team. Yep. And and do you remember your first game? Yeah, vaguely. It was against against Port Arlington, who at the time they were um, they were going pretty well. So yeah, it was it was a lot quicker than I was used to and. Lot bigger bodies, so I, I was still pretty light at that stage. Yeah, so. you, I remember you being quite mm. light. You were quick, and and being a left footer, being able to get suck blokes in to go on out, to go on the wrong side. You also you also have got a pretty good candy store, so which you like to sell a bit. And uh, but yeah, being light in, when they do catch you. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you they make pa- you pay for they it. Make you pay, and I, I was quicker than I am now, but I certainly wasn't quick. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I was down at the footy club only a couple of hours ago. First bloke on the track was Mitch running laps. I didn't count all of them, but there, I reckon there would have been at least four laps. How many did you do? <laughs> I did four laps. Four, yeah. yeah. At a very brisk pace. Very brisk pace, didn't look to be puffing too much, which is good. And then ran across the ground, did some stretches, and then did sprints up and down the up and down the wing, which was pretty impressive. Um, for well, you've got to be the oldest bloke going around the club at the moment in the senior squad. Oh, dog has got covered. Oh, dog has got covered. I think he's got six or seven years. I think he's got him. Dog may have you and I covered. Haven't said that. I did see Dogger running up. It was one of. One of the funniest and most magnificent things I've ever seen. One of, I think it was, um, oh, I don't even remember who it was. One of our blokes, might have been Sammy Baker, having a shot at goal, and everybody, all eyes on Sammy, and then everyone on the hill went, have a look at the dog. And the dogs run from the stump of the tree on the wing up the bluff. And nobody saw whether Sammy kicked the goal or not. Everybody just watched yeah, him run up the While the senior game's on, he's up there, you know, doing a little bit extra to get himself right. But I was very impressed with your uh, um, effort out on the track tonight. Thanks, and, uh, Nipper. Pointed it out to the coaches too. <laughs> Mitch Herbis has been out there for a long time doing some good work. So I don't know whether that was good or bad for you. <laughs> but um, when you made your debut, what number did you wear? I think I wore number four. Ooh, was it 46 or f- was oh, it in the 50s? 56, 56 maybe. No, I'm not too sure, but 40s, I, numbers ring a bell with me. 46 does ring a bell. Um, and I remember in, that was Darren Finling's number and he went right. overseas the, ah, right. the year, that year, I think. So yeah, which might indicate, indicate the size of you in those days <laughs> yeah, that's too. That's right. Um, 
But your first stint at Parliament Heads before you went into town, what number did you wear in those days? Do you remember that? So I think it was 46 and then it was number two. Yeah, I was going to – I had two written down here. I thought you wore number two. And then, of course, you came back and you um, have since worn the number 23. What's the basis behind that? I think it might be a favourite, is it? That's not. It's uh, it's actually just a, uh, a jumper I got given when I went into South Barwon that was yep. vacated by Josh McCann who – Yep. Um, was a bit of a club legend at, oh, yeah. at South Barwon, but he he left at the yeah. time that I arrived, and um, I just got handed that jumper. And then Brownie, who is the the team manager up here, he he's very uh, on the money with with numbers and that sort of thing, yep. and he just handed that to me when I came back. So uh, that's how I ended up with twenty three. Yeah, I can't remember any famous number twenty threes running around in our day. Steve O. Did too. Phil Stevenson wore 23. Wore 23. And uh, in the early 90s, Dale Turner wore 23. Speedy. Speedy. (laughs) Don't think he wore it out on the main games at 2.30, but um, definitely at the uh, curtain raises at 12 o'clock. Yeah, he was a 12 o'clock specialist, he was. Yeah. Old Speedy. Can't think of many others. No. Who wore 23 and 93? Couldn't you got tell that? You. No, I couldn't tell you either. Would not tell you. No, I'll have to delve into my record books. So twenty. So the reason that I knew a bit, and this is the pretty much the extent of my research, except <laughs> to look up that you had won a best and fairest at Barwon Heads, but we'll come to that because w- when you went to South Barwon, and South Barwon had a thing where when they had their thirtieth uh, anniversary, I went through every jumper. And put all the players who'd worn that jumper and the number of games that they played and what what they did at the footy club. It was fantastic. And the 23 page was pretty good with the bloke who wore it before you. And that just takes up a whole page. And then yours is well, yours is fairly good, mate. It, you played 105 games there, played in three premierships, won the best and fairest three times, represented interleague three times, were in the team of the year for the GFL twice. And, as I mentioned before, got in the team of the decade for the 2010s and also had a bit of a stint at VFL level during that time. So how old were you when you went went into South Barwon? Uh, so I think I played four years of senior footy at Barwon Heads before I went in. So I would have been, yeah, 21 when I first got to South Barwon. Yeah. Um, and then... And you got 23 straight away there? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, just because... Just lucky enough that it got vacated it yep. and... And Josh had finished up playing, so uh, yeah, I uh, I scored that one. One of your best and fairest in a premiership team, and in the team of the decade, uh, sorry, team of the year for the for the GFL. So you had a you had a pretty good run in there. You, you must have seen some really good players play in there. Who were the great players you saw playing there? Because we'll come to the Barn Heads blokes, but yeah, you must have seen some. I was pretty lucky. I went there when they were. Going quite well, so uh, I think yeah they'd won the premiership the year before, um, and a lot of those guys stuck around. There's a few of the older ones that had finished up, but uh, 2010 I got there, and Clinton Wales was was on top of his game. He was going very well at the time. Mark Corrigan and, and Paul Corrigan were both two amazing players, um, and and Garves as well, uh, who former coach at Bowen Heads. He um, yeah, he was another great player to play with as well. So, yeah, I was very lucky. You're right there. 
Yep. Later on, a couple of, as, as you you know spent a bit of time there, played in a few flags. A couple of your teammates um, that kicked on a little bit uh, after they've left South Barwon. Um, Tommy Stewart moved on pretty well. He did. Um, yeah. Was he at Geelong VFL when you were there? No, he wasn't. He, I basically finished finished at Geelong, and he sort of. Uh, so he, came took, into the he squad took your then. spot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He took yeah. your spot. And played, played it a bit better too. Um, <laughs> what about um, Tommy Atkins? Was he VFL when you were in there too? He was, yeah. I played a fair, a fair bit of VFL with him. Yep. Um, yeah, and he obviously kicked on as well. Yeah, so these two pretty good ones. And um, someone else was thinking of too. What was that other bloke's Darcy name? Darcy Fort is another one oh, yeah. that's playing at Brisbane that yep. played yep. a fair bit of... Uh, footy at South Barn. Yeah. Um, what was that bloke's name? Scarlet. He oh. went all right, didn't he? Was he, You played with him? I played lucky enough to play with him, yeah. 2013, he came uh, to Barn Heads. What was the uh, most... Sorry, not Barn Heads, yeah, South, South Barn. Barn. What was the... Um, did you learn things off him on field or off field? Which was more that you learned from Scarlet? Oh, I certainly learned plenty of... Uh, on field, but yep. the better stuff was off field. He was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he was really celebrating retirement from the AFL at the time. So yeah, I reckon that was the time I saw him get out of celebrator. a get out of him, out of a local identities helicopter on a private oval Torquay one afternoon, and he was he was celebrating retirement. But um, yeah, it would have been exciting to play with those blokes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, but of course Nathan Brown. Corey Enright at Bowen Heads, league experience. Might be another one coming up in the next couple he's about, of weeks. He's about to play with a – possibly play with a bloke who's won a Logie. Yeah, well. Mm. <laughs> you haven't played with anyone else who's won a Logie. No, I haven't <laughs> played with a Logie winner before, so yeah, yeah, that'll well. be your first. Um, I can't say I've ever – I don't think I've ever met someone that's won a Logie, but <laughs> I, uh, I met him before he'd won the Logie too. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's a bit exciting. Um, while we're talking about guys that were good and that sort of thing, um, you went to school at Oberon, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, with this sort of football pedigree and the way you were going around, you would have been the best player run around at Oberon in those days, would you not? No, nah, I was anyone far else? from it, to uh, be honest. Yeah. Well, who else was at Oberon when you were there? Uh, well, Travis Boak was in my oh, yeah, he my goes year all right, old, doesn't so. he? Yeah. yeah, he's had a decent career. Yeah, and then there was a kid, what was a year or two below you? Yeah, Dangerfield. Dangerfield, so yeah. he's, he's had a pretty good career as well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Sam Shallow. And Sam Shallow, yeah. Well, he could have been anything. Yeah, there's, uh, you've been surrounded by some pretty impressive um, footballers over the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Teddy touched on the games you played. I did a little bit of research too. And um, there was, I think, three times, you might not know this, you probably do. Three times you represented JFL in interleague games. Does that sound right? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Once in the Ballerine. Reckon couple. 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 Well, I don't know. You know, well, the records might have been up to date. I wasn't too sure. And um, there was 13 other senior games listed there that I don't reckon many people know about. And I thought it might have come up in the two truths and a lie. Uh, How many people know you played for St Mary's for 13 games of senior football? Uh, yeah, probably not many. No. And it's not the St Mary's that we're all thinking about in Geelong, is no, it? No, that's right. Up in Darwin. Yeah. Up in Darwin, yeah. What led to that? What was the story there? Uh, question. I um, I played a bit of VFL footy with a bloke called Luke Bath who played uh, a lot of his footy at St Mary's. The, yep. the, the yep. St Mary's down here that yep. we all 
probably thinking about. Um, and he moved up to Darwin in 2016, I think it was. Yep. Um, and, yeah, they were looking for a few guys that they, they wanted to get from Victoria to come up and play play footy. I think that's sort of been a bit of their – the way that they their, their league sort of runs, yeah, most teams yep. sort of have a few guys that fly in and yeah. fly out of, of Darwin. plan was to play maybe six or seven games and I think I ended up playing 13 in the end because yeah. – uh, there's a few injuries and that sort of thing throughout the year. So were they flying you up there? Yeah. To play? So um, I'd f- I'd fly up on a Friday night, so I'd finish work and drive straight to the airport, and then I think the flight was generally at nine or ten o'clock. So you'd jump on the on the plane and you'd spend the four hours on the plane. So you'd try and sleep as much as you could, and then yeah, arrive in Darwin at about one a.m. and play the next day. And uh, it sort of depended on whether. Jetstar was running a deal or oh, not. Okay. If, you, if they were, you sort of got the red eye on the Saturday night. If they weren't, then you, you're lucky enough to get the Virgin flight on the Sunday Arvo so you could stick around for a bit longer and yeah. enjoy the scenery. So, yeah. Fun? It was good fun, yeah. I ended up playing a few too many games in the end. It was sort of a bit more of a chore by the time you, you start playing 10, 11, 12 games. It, yeah. was, it was a bit of hard work just with you come back to, to work. Yeah. And, you're pretty spent yeah. ready to start the week, so and um, it's and it's a different sort of fitness too. You need up in that heat, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I played my first game. It would have been start of November, I think, or maybe yeah, even late more. October. Um, and I hadn't done a lot. I'd just gone for a couple of jogs around yeah. the block, which, um, as we all know, it doesn't uh, doesn't give you a great indication of where you're at when mm. it comes to footy. And my first game was over on Tiwi Island, which is give you a bit of comparison it's probably the same size oval as ocean grove yep. and i think it was 37 degrees oh, and God. You, know, you look at your phone and it, it gives you the the feels like and i think yep. it was 46 oh. <laughs> <laughs> and i've we don't necessarily like a a contested game so they try and keep it moving as much as possible so <laughs> oh yeah it was a bit of a wake-up call for me yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, you just well. jog down to a Ford pocket and say, "Can you get a move?" I tried that, but <laughs> they thought I was a midfielder, so that's where I had to stay. Oh, really? So, it's, well, it's all right. You don't have to be a cannibal, therefore you don't nah, have to chase. That's right. It just was just like find an open work. space and go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What a fantastic experience, and it's um, it's ironic too because there's a few Barnheads blokes up there last season over summer, wasn't there? Um, uh, Cam O'Leary and. Um, Hayden Smith and Archie uh, Hildebrand played a couple yeah, of Yeah, Archie's Archie, up there too. Yeah. At St Mary's. Yeah. yeah, they're both at St Mary's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so... Um, yeah, Don Booth's currently up there. Yeah, Don yeah. Booth. Yeah. yeah, he's been going up there for ages. Yeah. For yeah. quite a few years. Yeah, but, uh, you know, good experience, that one. That You've had that great success at South Bar in a bit of, bit of Geelong time and you and also a bit of St Mary's time, as, yeah. <laughs> as Nipper's just alluded or enlightened us to. The decision to come back to Barwon Heads, how did how did that come about? Because having asked people, how did you end up bar- up at Barwon Heads, you get answered twice. Mm. Yeah. How did you get back? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good question. So I think Garves um, had decided that he was going to give up the coaching role for the following year at the time. Um, you know, I think his work and everything was, was getting pretty busy, so he made that call pretty early on. And Tim Armstrong... Sort of gave me a call and planted the seed a little bit. Um, this was probably, you know, there was probably still five, five, six rounds to go, and and Bobby was was on board with that at, 
as well. He was keen to coach if I was to come back and, and do it with him. So, um, yeah, they planted the seed pretty early on and it was quite a tough decision because I was pretty close with the two coaches at, at South Barn at the time, James Mars and, and Clinton Wales were both coaching. So, yeah. You were, you were captain in there then, weren't you? I was, yeah. yeah. So you just was, won the best and fairest. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it was, it was obviously a pretty tough decision. I was assistant coach as well with those guys. So, yeah, I armed and hard for a while and Tim just sort of kept at it. And then I think I said I was, I was keen to do it and I think Bobby had changed his mind and he wasn't as keen anymore. So I think Tim went to work on Bobby and then, yeah, eventually we decided that we'll give it a crack. Had it been something that you'd wanted to do, obviously been assistant coaching there, but, I mean, obviously sometimes when you're the captain and they they sort of bump you up to be an assistant coach, you know, an, or an on-field coach sort of thing. Yeah. Had it been something, though, that you'd wanted to do to, to coach a footy club yourself in, in your own right or with somebody yeah. else? Yeah, no, I, I was definitely keen to come back to Boneheads and, and maybe try and coach. I'd, it's definitely on my radar, but I was still 26 or 27 at the time in there, so, you know, it was probably... My decision was probably around whether I was ready to move on from the GFL and, and yeah, give give that side of footy up. But, yeah, the opportunity with what Garves and, and Wizzo had done leading up to, to 2017 and to coach with Bobby, who I grew up playing all my footy with. I was yeah. kicked all the way through to senior footy. Yep. And um, senior cricket. And senior cricket, yeah. Yeah, yeah that opportunity was something that probably wasn't going to come around again. So, um, in the end, it was... Why I came back. It was like all the stars aligned. Everything was happening at the right time, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The club had, you know, great people involved. Yeah, Brett was the president, Brett Lewis, and, and TA was the footy manager. And, yeah, just the the way that they'd set up the culture of the club was was really inviting. So it sort of got me over the line in the end. And how did you find it? Did it was it what you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it was probably a little bit more, more work than what I thought. You know, obviously the... The training and, and game day stuff, you know, is quite structured, but, yeah, all the phone calls and messages and um, emails that you've got to send throughout the the working week is... The management um, of pe- people is the most difficult part right. of it. Yeah, exactly. So you've got, you know, you've got to worry about, be worried about all the, the training venues and, you know, if it's pouring rain and you're not going to have any anyone rock up to training, what do you do there? And, you, you know, lucky enough, Philpy at the time was involved at, or still is involved at St Ignatius so we could organise things like that but yeah. Um, yeah just all that sort of stuff you you probably don't consider as a, a prospective coach until it um, yeah until it comes around and you certainly realise there's a lot more work in it than just rocking up to training and, 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 and my day. guess is it's a slightly different culture from a GFL club perhaps maybe a, a bit more uh, of a community spirit to it um not that not that south barn wouldn't have that but more of kids that have actually all gone to primary school together and lived together their whole lives and they're all now they're all grown-ups and mates but also that mate it's just something we do on the weekend um as opposed to you you really have to do it if you don't do it you don't play sort of thing yeah that's so right you've got to manage that <laughs> yeah the gfl is quite quite serious it's probably you know in terms of training they probably don't do much less than than what vfl clubs do really so then yeah to come back to to bow and heads you've got to find the balance because there's you know there's young kids that want to train like that and they want to get as much footy as they possibly can but then 
on the flip side, there's there's guys that have already been and done you know, the VFL stuff or the GFL stuff, and yeah, you know, want to have, want to take a little bit of a step back, and yeah, that's probably the appeal to guys like Corey Enright and Nathan Brown. They yeah, you know, want to be a part of a community club, and yeah, you know, that's why they've made the decision to come on board at Bowen Heads over the last couple of years. Because that's one of the things that Cornsy said, isn't it? First thing you mm. noticed when you came to Bowen Heads from from the GFL yeah. um, was the yeah. intensity of training. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more relaxed as uh, John O mentioned a fair bit too when he um, stepped up and went and trained with Geelong. And he said they were just far too serious for me. Um, but uh, you know, it's, you know, you find I suppose you find your comfort zone and that sort of thing. So what what about the standard, the the level of skill and that sort of thing when you've dropped down from South Barwon too, because I mean, I suppose when you went up, it's a natural progression. You're getting better and you're learning football, and you just go up a level and you, you know, acclimatise to it. But stepping back must have been a bit different to um, what you were used to. It was a little bit. The standard of the Ballerines, you know, over the last probably seven or eight years has has got better and better. And I think at the time that I took the coaching job at Barwon Heads, there was you know a lot of GFL players that were doing the same, you know, the older sort of 28, 29-year-old guys that, you know, wanted to take a little bit of a step back in their intensity with training and everything. So I had moved to the BFL. So you're still playing against good players good players, and, you know, you're probably getting more attention than what you would at the GFL potentially as well. So Attention, Mitch. Doesn't, (laughs) doesn't, uh, yeah, certainly doesn't get it any How many times do I see Mitch Herbison carrying three opposition blokes through the forward line in the last few years? Yeah, he'd become good at it too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was pretty good at it. Very good. So obviously you and Bobby had a a bit of success. uh, 2017 finals? We play finals. Yeah, that we year? we made the prelim. Um, yeah, that's that right. Year. We lost to lost to Torquay, who who went on Ooh, to win it. To win it, yes. Um, yeah. So we yeah, it was probably a bit of a missed opportunity for for us that year. We um, I think we kicked quite inaccurately in the prelim and probably cost ourselves a a crack at a grand final. And then the, and then the next year, famously, didn't do that. Yeah, and, that's right. But. Uh, then didn't quite get it, get the job done. No, that's right. We uh, yeah came up short in the in the granny, um, unfortunately in 2018. So yeah, it was a bit disappointing the way it all finished. But I guess we made up for it the year after. I mean, that was the most one of the most pleasing things as a supporter and a long time person who's been at the footy club is to see that progression. Like we didn't just jump up out of the ground and win three flags. We progressed through, and what would have been great to win three flags. But we saw those boy, those younger guys grow and progress through, and then we added talent to that, and finally got got the job done. And it was fantastic to do it against Torquay over there. It was something special that, and the amount of work that you personally had put into that, it must have been very pleasing to get to get to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, even before Bobby and I took over, there was plenty of work that TA and and Garves and, and those sort of guys oh, had, had put in. Yeah, they they were pretty confident when when I was initially talking to them about coming back that they had a, a good core core group. It was just about getting the right people involved and you know building a bit of a culture where you know the expectation is that you you do play finals and. That was sort of what we tried to tried to build. Um, obviously, as you said, it would have been great to come straight out and and win a grand final in the first year. But that that progression sort of made 2019 pretty special as well. Yeah. 
And then, of course, COVID came along and mm. and sort of put a full stop on everything for a pretty much eighteen, pretty much a year. And well, it, it spoiled last year as well. Yeah, that's know, we right. got a bit of footy played, which was really. I don't think anyone really expected to get to the end of the season and have a final series like a traditional one. But yeah, that's it right. It was disappointing that we did get pulled at the very last stage where we did. But it was still um, we saw we'd managed to stay at that level even though having missed that that whole year. How did you find as a coach that going through the COVID experience? Yeah, it was it was pretty challenging because you you just didn't know what was around the corner. We'd we played maybe the first nine games. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. As as per normal, yeah. and then from there it was after a late start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then from there it was three weeks off, and then One might be game. announced yeah. that you're coming out of a lockdown or whatever. And um, yeah, you play another game or two, and then back into it. So it was yeah, it was hard to manage the players, but. We just tried to to make uh, make training as enjoyable as possible. You know, guys hadn't seen their mates for three or four weeks, and then you know we'd be able to train again. So we'd just try and make it as enjoyable as possible. And then yeah, it sort of kept dragging on and on. To be honest, we weren't really we weren't really sure what was what was going to happen. How the finals were going to look. They were talking about cutting it to a four team final series and a two team mm. final series and. Um, I think we finished third, so it was probably going to mean that we were out if it went for a, to a two team. Yeah. But um, it was it was tough. But um, I think the important thing for the guys was just to be around each other. And you know, if we were lucky enough to play on the Saturday, we'd just try and enjoy that as much as we could. Probably boils down to it, you know, what footy's all about. You know, it's the mateship and being together and you push aside how successful you are because you don't have to be successful to have a good time at a club and that sort of thing and that's probably spot on that the guys were getting together you know through all that you know living life and enjoying it and having a kick of footy and then success can come and it makes it even more enjoyable um you won a coaching award didn't you i did yeah was that a joint one with bobby or was that on your own or was it uh, it was a joint, joint one with Bobby, I think. Right, yeah, I thought so. That would have been pretty special that two odds kick guys have come through the process together and got together and started coaching and then got um, – I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's uh, it's for all over Geelong, isn't it? So it's every, every senior coach in the Geelong area, which is, you know, like it's probably 35 or 40 clubs and, you know, the Barnett senior coaches who are – best mates from primary school have, uh, have won it. So that would be pretty special to you, wouldn't it? Yeah, but no, definitely. Um, you know, yeah, Bobby obviously growing up playing on my footy with him and on my cricket with him as well, yeah. really. Um, yeah, to get acknowledged for that sort of thing was, was yeah, pretty special. So, mm. no. That was in that 2018 year, was it? Yeah, Yeah, because that was the yeah, last yeah. year that, that yeah. you coached together, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, and, yeah. And then Troy came... Came came 2019, yeah. yeah, very good. When when you were a kid, did you, were you one of those kids like probably Nipper and I were the little little pests that used to go in the rooms after the game and hang around the f- senior footballers and really really into your Barnheads footy or or not? Yeah, so much? it's definitely into my Barnheads footy. I yeah, we oh, all the kids that we played junior footy with, we used to yeah, the old rooms back then. They we used to sort of sit where the 
it's probably where the scoreboard the scoreboard and timekeepers box is now and we yeah. used to watch the footy from there so where everyone parks their bike yeah that's right yeah. exactly so there used to be a bit of a tree there you could sit in and, and watch the footy so um yeah we love going to local footy and love going to watch collingwood play when i was when i was young we used to you know keep the footy after the game and that sort of stuff so yeah it was a bit like that bit of a test who were the who were the senior players that were playing then that you can remember that you that you thought were pretty good or that you wanted to go down and see play well? Guys like Boothie were playing Disco. I was going to um, say Disco. Disco would have been it was a, always a crowd favourite. Yeah. Used to love uh, love Groper on the yeah, on the wing on yeah, the big left foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, it's guys like Tim Wishart and. Um, yeah. A few of the younger guys that you sort of knew a bit, bit yep. more, um, being a bit younger, and the then time. and then go, getting to play in the, in teams with with some of those guys. Who were the guys yeah, that were in right. the team when you played when you um, first started playing? Well, I played a bit with Boothy and Crackers, Craig Duran, uh, Daz Finling. Yeah, a few of those guys. What um, about Guru? Did you, uh, yeah, yeah, so Guru Gav came Smith. down. Uh, actually, it might have been my first year. Okay, or yeah. second year. Yeah, but. Playing with those guys was great. They're obviously very experienced and yeah. and great people. So yeah, and most of those blokes you just mentioned were all at the centenary um, night a couple of weeks ago, um, which shows that they've still got a love for the club and come back. It was really good to catch up with. Yeah, a few of them. All guys that I still catch up with quite yeah. regularly. I yeah. go surfing with. Yep. All those guys. So Guru, Daz, Crackers, um, Gilsey was another one. Yep. Um, so I surf with them still. All the time, so uh, yeah, that's oh, good. Good match here. And and then and then on your second visit back, who are the some some of the real real good players who you've really loved playing with? Uh, so obviously getting Boris in our first year back at Bowen Heads was was pretty special for the club. I mean, he'd won an All Australian the year before, so to to get him down to Bowen Heads, he probably could have played it. Any club in Australia, including yeah. AFL clubs, if yeah. you wanted to, so it wouldn't um, be we're pretty uh, lucky. There wouldn't be many blokes that have won an All Australian selection and not played AFL football the next year. No, there wouldn't be many. No. Yet he's won AFL selection and then played at Bowen Heads. Yeah, that's, that's right. A, um, Pretty impressive thing to have on your resume, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You played all right too. You did. Yeah, yeah. Actually could play. What about other blokes? Uh, so obviously Bobby was another one. Uh, a couple of Bowen Heads people, Dizzy, you know, Sachin, um, and then a few of the younger guys. Zach Walter came through a bit later. Yeah, we, we sort of played him a bit as an under eighteen kid. So it's always great to see them, you know, progress. And you know, he's he's now playing GFL footy. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, a few of the Ballarat boys that we got down, so Phelpsy and, and Damien Horbury, um, and then the the Warnable boys, Otto and, and Ned. Um, yeah, so it's been great to play with all those guys. It's good those guys come down and they stay, they don't just stay one or two years. They've, most of them have stayed and they've had their success. I mean, obviously, 2000, and, well, 17, 18, and 19 playing finals. I mean, that's probably the first time in. A long time where we strung groups of finals together and winning mm. finals. Like yeah. if you get to a preliminary final, you've won a final to get there, and yeah. then won, winning enough finals to get into a grand final, and then winning a premiership. Not always so, necessary. No, you don't always have to win a final to get to a preliminary. No, you don't. But we didn't finish 
high enough to do that, did we? We uh, uh, won our way into that game. I think 1992, you might recall, Teddy, that yeah, we got yes. beaten in a second semi-final and then yes. we got beaten in a preliminary final. Right. Mm. Mm. That's true. That did happen. Mm. Well so, beaten. Yeah, and we were confident in 92 after we got beaten in the second semi that when we get port again, we'll beat them. Yeah. We didn't take into account Drysdale. Going to beat us by 20 goals. Yeah. Thanks, take into account... A bloke called Adam Richardson. Who was 17 was years old. 17 years old. Threw Tim Armstrong and Matty Wallace rag, around like ragdolls. Ragdolls <laughs> for the whole day. Yeah, anyway, we got them next year. And it was better because we beat Ocean Grove. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so and, and who, who, who's been your biggest influence around footy? Ah, uh, well, probably. Influence on yourself, I mean. Probably, uh, well, Dad initially. Yeah. He started in the Oz kick and he was my junior coach and. Yeah, early days I used to go and watch him play. And do you remember him playing? Yeah, I think he was playing Super Rules at the time. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, no worries. When he played, that played a bit of footy at, at Barwon. He did before yeah. South Barwon came into it with the amalgamation. Yeah, yep. he played at Port. He did play at Port? Yeah, yeah and I've, St Albans as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, you heard a bit of a story about him the other day, and I don't know how much truth is in it. But Wayne Smith was waxing lyrical. Um, in the kitchen at the footy club the other night about um, something. I'll, I'll have to confirm that next time I speak to Derek about why he left Barwon and uh, ended up at St Albans. But, um, yeah. Oh. yeah. Anyway, but Jono spoke very highly, you know, remembers playing against your old man at Port and that sort of thing. I think he might have mentioned that at some stage. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And he, and he had a stint as president of the club he did. as well. So yeah. he's been a great servant of our club since he's been there, obviously um, bringing Auskick and all those boys that have developed on and gone and, and done really well. And Auskick's been a great feeder for our club. I mean, every great fo- good footy club has an Auskick, I guess. So starting that up from nothing and, and then um, rolling on and having a, a stint as the president of the club, he's, ha- he's been a... A pretty good influence, so yeah, absolutely. yeah, that's a that's a good one. And then, yeah, I guess um, once I started playing senior footy, guys that we spoke about before, Daz Finling, Crackers, mm. Guru, uh, Gilsey, those sort of guys, really looked after people like Bobby and myself when we were, you know, when we were younger, and yeah, loved playing footy with them. And then you'll you'll have lifelong friendships with those blokes because of that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I've always had a great great relationship with Wayne Corns because. He took me under his wing when I was 17 yeah. years old and yeah. said, this is what you do and this is what you don't do and this is what you definitely don't do. <laughs> he showed yeah. us all of them, didn't he? He us, yeah. He'd, he'd do something and he'd say, you said not to do that and he said, I'd said for you not to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so no, those guys were great. And then, you know, South Bowen obviously going really well at the time so there was, there was a number of amazing footballers there who I've still got great friendships with. Spoke about a couple of them, Clinton Wales, Mark Corrigan, Paul Corrigan, Michael Barker, Reese Woods, they're all Garves, they're all great mates of mine still. So yeah, similar story. They took me under their wing when I when I first went to South Bowen. So um, they're the guys that you become mates with for life. So Bowenheads had a pretty good relationship with two footy GFL footy clubs, one one being South Bowen, yep. and the other one being Newtown. Yeah, yeah, Very, no, exactly right. Really close. Yeah. Um, um, the South Bowen boys um, actually convinced you to come out of retirement to play cricket too, didn't they? A couple of them did, yeah. And got, uh, needed a clearance to heighten. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And 
I don't know whether you know this story, but the clearance was put in, and I was president of the cricket club at the time. And I can't remember the name of the president of Titan, but anyway, he rang me up and he said, Mate, we got this Mitch Herbison's clearance in. How come we haven't done anything about it? I said, I just haven't had a chance to get on a computer and approve it, but that's fine, no problems. He's not playing with us. And he goes, Well, we really, really need him. We're short. And I said to the bloke, He said, We're short in the fourths, something I think it was. Yeah, so thirds or fourths. Thirds or fourths, yeah. Anyway, I said, Mate, you should get him down to training because he would walk into your first 11. And the president of Heighton laughed at me and he said, you've got to be joking, mate. We play turf cricket in here. We go all right. And I said, hey, don't worry about that. He can handle himself, no problems at all. Get him to train and he'll be in the first. So your first game for Heighton, how'd you go? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. I, uh, yeah. I Runs, I- how many? I think I got 60-odd. Yeah, I think you had to retire at 50 Yeah, in that. And get any wickets to roll the arm over? I think I got maybe four. Four. And would three of them be in a row? Three of them were in a row, yeah. yeah not yeah. a bad debut. 50 retired and a hat-trick. And a hat-trick. Yeah. And um, it's very tempting to bring the president back and say, I told you. Yeah. What's been your highlight? What's been your footy highlight? And it sounds like we're... Signing you off, Mitch, but we're not. It's <laughs> no. just you are you are in the uh, twilight of your career. Doesn't mean it's over, but you're getting. You, how old are you now? 33. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say thirty-four, but thirty-three. So, um, what's been the highlight for you? It's probably probably hard to separate a few of the premierships. I mean, the under eighteen one was was amazing because of the way that the game was played, and I think we came from maybe four goals down at three quarter time. I reckon you kicked nine in the last quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Something eight or nine in yeah. the last quarter. Um, so that was pretty special because, you know, as we spoke about before, we'd grown up playing all our footy together, yeah. those guys. My f- yeah, first premiership at South Bowen as, you know, senior footballer was, was pretty special. And then 2012, we won one again. And 2013 was pretty special. We, Our coach, Casey Tsungi, um, yeah. had his accident yeah. during the year. So... For the footy club and for his mates, that was pretty tough. So then for him to be able to get up and coach, that premiership was pretty special. And then obviously... In, the, in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair, yeah. yeah. In a wheelchair he yeah. coached, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that one was very special. And then, yeah, 2019 with coming back to my old club and my home club and um, finally getting so I guess getting the, the job done. I guess that given you were there when Casey was injured, that the low light probably isn't the knee. It's a pretty easy question to answer, but what, what was it like being there at that time? Because that's a pretty famous thing in Geelong. Were you playing that day? I wasn't playing that day. I'd, I'd actually come back yeah, from okay. Geelong to yep. to watch the last quarter and had actually been called off the game. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sort of drove in and, and saw that it was an ambulance and, yeah, it didn't take too long to work out that something serious, um, something serious was up. So, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty tough time for the club. Yeah, you know, Garves, who, who coached Bowenheads, was coaching with him at the time. So the club did an amazing job at keeping him involved as well. Like Garves would, you know, basically drive up to the other side of Melbourne where he was doing all his rehab and show him the game and allow him to sort of have some input as a coach as to, you know, how the, the next week was going to go throughout his recovery. And then he, you know, was there for, I don't know, it was probably six, 
maybe six months in, in total. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he got himself in a position where he was well enough to, to get out for a day and, yeah, he coached us on uh, a couple of the finals and, and got down gun final day. So, yeah, it was a pretty special effort from him. At, at the time when it happened, I, I was working with Hayley Roy, with um, Dan yep. Roy's wife. Yep. Well, she wasn't, I don't think I married then, but and I, rem- I well remember how that impacted on on those people and and on uh, I guess on your footy club at the time and to get through it and get to where you got that year must have been amazing yeah really. yeah I mean obviously it was you know tragic what happened but you know the way that he handled himself yeah. was pretty special and the way that the club handled it as well showed how great a club they they are just the people that came together and you know the fundraising that happened the uh, the amount of people that were doing trips to the other side of Melbourne, I think it was out Hawthorne Way, mm. um, where he was uh, doing his recovery, you know, to go and visit him and keep him still involved because you know that was pretty important to him at the time. So mm. it was it was a pretty special day when we won it. And and he was there and yeah, able to, and able to part actually of it coach. Still, yeah. yeah. How's he going now? What's he What's he doing now? Do you know? Ah, uh, so he lives over in Torquay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's got three kids now, and yeah, he's got a, a good sized block of land over cool. just outside Torquay, and you know, he's right into his gardening and yep. all that sort of stuff. So yep. he's he's got some animals, and got some yep. veggie gardens and that sort of thing. So he loves that sort of stuff, and then he's got the three three kids as well. So mm. yeah, that'll be keeping him busy. Yeah, absolutely. I forgot about one game that Mitch played that I found in his record. One reserves game for South mm. Bowen, right in your prime while you're playing. For Geelong reserves, is that just to qualify for finals? Yeah, I think I might have. Did, did you just walk on and walk off? I think or? I walked on and walked off. And <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that, that was it. Sounds like we're pretty famous for that. There was, yeah, there was a few of us at the time. It must have been a bye weekend for Geelong, but they yep. didn't, didn't want us to play or whatever. It might have been a short turnaround the week after and... I think there was a couple of us, Tom Mars and yeah. maybe Mark Corrigan at the time. Might have all done that, I think. Just yeah. tried no, it on and tried it off. There's a famous story that, you know, come finals time and they turn around and they go, hey, hey, it's part of the way these blokes qualify. They've been playing seconds for Geelong all year. All of a sudden they're qualified. And then um, some young blokes I know that were going through the Cedar School were doing some work down at South Bowen and they happened to go into the change rooms and they saw a Blackboard or something up there with everyone's name, how many games they needed to play, and Asterix is next to reserves games where they could sit on the bench and come on and, uh, well, walk. All they had to do was walk on the ground and walk off, and you're deemed as playing for the club. That's it. That's all it took. So, yeah. Like a super yeah. sub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You right. sub yourself in yeah. and then out straight away. Didn't yeah. even need a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So, Mitch, we're going to go back, if you're okay with it, Nip. Yeah, I'm we're, ready to we're go. We're going to go back to the two truths and a lie now. We'll just <coughs> run the listener through what's going on here. We've got a named your dog after Toby Green. Yeah, how are you feeling about that one? What sort of dog is it? It's Golden Retriever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Holding one recently. Didn't say it recently. Yeah, last month. Last month, yeah. Whereabouts? 13th Beach. 13th Beach, which Wh- hole? Sixth on the creek. Six on the creek. Bit of detail there. He's either, mm. he's either thought that one through or it's true. 
and he got fired from his first job. I reckon that's true. How old were you? Fifteen at the time. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking he's probably his first job. Yeah. It's probably in town somewhere, yeah. and I'm trying to think um, who would be. I reckon I'm going to go on a limb and say, I reckon your first job was at Apco and Gary Martin fired you. <laughs> no, not quite. No, I don't know. I reckon you're right, Teddy. Though I reckon you get fired. So we're not here. We're not here to work out which ones. Are yeah, I well, know, but a I'm, true uh, one elimination. You don't. If you're going to lie, you don't make up a lie about a hole in one. You either dumb it or you haven't. Well, then it'd be a lie. Yeah. I don't reckon you named your dog after Toby Green. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to go this way with that. I'm willing to say your dog's name's Toby, but he's not named after Toby Green. All oh, right, yeah, so it's half a lie. Well, it's It's not. a bit like Jono's lie. It was half a lie. <laughs> well, he got his teeth knocked out by yeah. getting his head punched in, or yeah. by getting kicked. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was because he got punched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going with, uh, yeah, you didn't name your dog after Toby Green. Yeah, I reckon Toby Green, I'm with you. Toby Green's the light. So that's, do I tell you? Yeah, yeah, well, that's what, otherwise uh, we'll get so many bloody emails and texts. What the lie, Teddy? That one's true, the Toby Green. Oh. Oh, right, okay. Okay. Why why would you name your dog Toby? You don't like it? (laughs) Is the dog's name Toby Green or just Toby? I watching Toby Green play and we're trying to think of think of dog names and Toby Green was playing and playing well he's doing a couple of exciting things and I thought maybe Toby Toby. might be good and then shortly after that he knocked over the umpire and got six weeks (laughs) it's funny the way you do pick dogs names we got a new dog at home and the dog's grandfather passed away at the age of 22 and it was named after its grandfather and its name was Roy and they go, oh, do you think we should keep it as Roy? And this was, we got the dog two weeks after Andrew Simons died. Oh. And I went, got to, got to keep it. So Roy's at home. What's Roy? Roy's a blonde border collie. Oh, you've got a pair of them now. We've got a pair of them. We've got a big one and a little one. Is Roy big? Well, he will be. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know Is not big. that big? Oh, Merce's decent size. Oh, okay. Yeah, bigger than Molly Moulton's. Oh, Millie, yeah, he's bloody tiny. Yeah, nutty, nutty too. But uh, anyway, yeah. we digress. Yes. Hole in one. On the creek. He got... Well, you're down to 50 Who are you playing with? Don't change it. Who are you playing with? My brother. I'm, I've said it was the dog and I got it wrong. Yeah. Um, I reckon that's a lie. I reckon, I reckon Sam got the hole in one. He, yeah, he's got a couple of hole in one. He's got yeah, a few couple. up on me. So, did he get a hole in one that day? No, he didn't. Did you? Did, oh, I didn't either. No, no oh. <laughs> he's done us. <laughs> yeah, he's. Right. Hey, that, yeah, and so yeah, tell us about the first job you got fired at. Uh, so I was up at IGA. Um, oh, that was my first close. that was first it. job. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And they, or mum organised a, a trip for us to go to Bali and school holidays. And she sort of left it as a bit of a surprise. So um, yes. she told us maybe, I don't know, it might have been a month out or so, but also clashed with uh, with Easter. All right. Busiest they, weekend. They had a policy that you, if you work there, you couldn't take any time off. At Easter? At so Easter. you had a choice so, of job at IGA or Bali. 
Yeah, so I gave up the $6 an hour and went to <laughs> Bali. I was lucky enough that uh, Molly, Michael Moulton, gave me a job out, out at 13th Beach yeah, doing the, uh, the the golf cart. So When you, well, got, when you got back? When I yeah, got back. I was yeah. thinking about 13th, whether you worked out there, and I thought, eh, anyway, yeah, that's good. Um, you mentioned your brother Sam playing golf with him. Did you play much footy together, you two? Uh, 2017, we played yeah. uh, a little bit of footy together. So yeah. I think he probably played the first nine games or so, and then yeah. he had a bit of trouble with his back. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I vaguely remember a battle of the bridge that I reckon you both played in. Yeah. And we won. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been special. Yeah, yeah. no, it was. I never. I got to play a bit of cricket with him, but. Yeah. Um, he can still play cricket. He with can him. still play cricket, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, never really got the chance to play too much footy with him growing up. So he unfortunately didn't get to play as much footy as he probably could have because of yeah. his his health. Yeah, and his his body just wasn't really up to it. Was yeah, it? Yeah, that's and right. Um, he's a very good footballer. Yes, yeah. There's always a better one at home, isn't there? No, <laughs> he, I was going to say that we we have talked. I used to, a to few always brothers say that about my brother. Got a brother who's better. I used yeah, to say about my right. brother. That he's got a younger brother who's better than him. Yeah. yeah. Well, we also say it about Timmy Goddard. Yeah, he's, he's got four got brothers. Four brothers that are better. <laughs> and a sister. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. Not everyone says that, just you say that bit. Oh, at least you got to play a little bit of yeah, footy that's right. The other one, um, and Teddy touched on him too, um, a teammate who, as you said, you know, came, you know, we mentioned about the blokes who come from Ballarat and Warnable and that sort of thing, and how, you know, they've settled in and stayed here for a few, few years and that sort of thing. I reckon Ned's pretty settled in here. You work with him as well. I do, yep. Yeah, so. I only found that out a couple of weeks ago. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, when my daughter was doing teaching placements and she said, there's some bloke who teaches at St Margaret's Primary School good Ned something or other, long name. I think he plays footy at Barwon Heads. Ned Orselbrook, yeah. I worded him up at about, I reckon it was about uh, espresso martini number nine at the Barwon Heads pub late on a Saturday night. And he was understanding me quite fluidly. I think he was the same stage Speaking I was. Speaking Swahili as well. Yeah, it's exactly. No, he's a good fella. He's a ripper bloke. He's a very important part of the football team too. Yes. You know, he does a lot of hard work in the midfield. He sure does. And fills a few holes around the ground from time to time. Um, right. And there was another very important player I saw down there at training tonight. Stripped in his gear, ready to go. And I think uh, it might be a sign of the success the club can have over the rest of the year. Young Jordan Kinsey was down there on the training track. <laughs> he was. The fridge. Um, and I think it up. everybody's excited about that. Did you say lighting it up? <laughs> yes. And it's probably only it's probably only one person that's a bit disappointed in that. The fridge is looking like making a comeback. Mm. And that's me. Mm. So I was thinking about making a comeback. There's only one jumper of that size. And if Fridge has got it, they won't they have won't a jumper let, to fit me. What number is it? Oh, who knows? We're up to 95. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's what I said the other day. What are they going to give Tony Armstrong? 96. I've heard a bit of a rumour that it's pretty low. Oh, really? In fact, it's very low. Oh. No one's wearing it? No one's wearing no it. No one's wearing it. Okay. Mm. There you go. Number one, yeah. Well, number I figured, one. I figured it was number one. Could possibly have long sleeves too. 
Oh, mm. does he go the long sleeves route, does he? I don't know. A bloke that comes from northern New South Wales and Albury would be feeling the cold down here. And well, you uh, do play Lara. Yeah. It's not exactly Sunshine Coast. Yeah, well, that's right. How did that come about, Mitch? Do you know much about how that how he's ended up down at the club? Not that he has played yet, but... Yeah. Uh, well, he's good friends with Jack McDonald, who played a bit of junior footy at Bowen Heads. Um he was a part of the under-18 team um, that we spoke about earlier. He and Tony decided that they would come down and watch. Uh, Jack wanted to come down and watch um, Bowenheads play and Tony was keen to sort of see how Brownie was going. Um, so Jack dragged him down and they watched and had a few beers uh, against Anglesey and then he sort of yeah, maybe I could play again. So he basically what decided. Do you have, did, there was he at Lara when Benny Harris was there? No, no. no. Oh, okay. So he, that was where he last played three yeah. years ago. Oh, 2019. Okay. Yeah. He was yeah. coaching there. Yeah. It, um, it was it was interesting. Um, I had the privilege of being in the change rooms Tuesday last week when uh, the coach introduced Tony to the. Playing group, and you were you were in there, weren't you? Yeah, it was, it was quite funny, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was very funny. So Nutsy says, um, "We got a new black fellas. Tony Armstrong's come down, and as normal, uh, Tony will just introduce himself and tell you a little bit about himself." And so Tony gets up, lovely bloke, obviously professional, um, you know, on the microphone, and you know, not not afraid to speak up. And he said. G'day guys, I'm Tony Armstrong. I played a bit of football in my time. I'm uh, from up in northern New South Wales, Queensland area. He said, um, I uh, came down here on Saturday and watched a bit of footy and I saw Brownie running around and kicking a few goals and I thought, if that old bugger can do it, so can I still. So I, uh, I might have a kick and come down and do that. So that was good. The boys were all excited. It was good and he sat down and nuts he kept going through. You know what was happening at the club. He said we've still got a few injury. There's a still a few out. There's a couple coming back. Uh, um, Tony's going to be right for the rest of the season, but he can't play this week. He's yeah. unavailable this week. And he said, perhaps Tony, you could tell your new teammates why you're unavailable to play. And he just went quiet and he didn't say anything. And he's a little bit shy, I suppose. And then he said, come on, come on, tell your teammates why you can't play this week. And he said, oh. I've been nominated for a Logie. I've got to go to the Logies, which, as we touched on before, he was successful in he, he winning successful the and won it. Graham the Kennedy Award for mm, the best, best new, new talent. talent. He might get the, get the Trail on the Wing Award next week for the best new talent at the Barnes <laughs> Football Club. <laughs> he might too. We'll give him a um, yeah. We'll give him a trophy. So Nipper, Teddy, what did you learn today? No, 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 Teddy, you always stump me on this one. What did you learn? I learned that when you play footy at St Mary's and it feels like, th- and it is 38, but it can feel like 46, that's a big difference. Like sometimes when you, when it, when you hear it, it feels like, f- like it's 38 and it feels like 40, but 38 feels like 46. I, I don't think I could handle it. And Mitch said he couldn't handle it anyway, so mm. I don't think I can handle that. That's not even cricket weather. We don't even play cricket when it's over 40. No. I suppose the, the fellas that live up there are just used to it, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, they just become used to it. And yeah. Most of the games they play at TIO Stadium where they, if yeah. the yeah. AFL game is played, they play up there and they've yeah. got you know, the big fridge rooms and that sort of thing. Oh, so right. they go in there at yeah, yeah. quarter time, half time and yeah. 
But yeah, it's it's the humidity. What time, it's what time do they play the games? They play them at dusk or because they play basically three games on a Saturday at TIO TIO Stadium. Yeah. They'll play at two o'clock at four thirty and at seven o'clock. Wow! So, and they're all senior games again. They're all different seniors, clubs. Yeah, the, the yeah. reserves or um, Division One or Division Two teams. They'll play on the outside ground. So, oh, okay. Yeah, with no fridges. With no fridges, so yeah. they've got the tree to keep them cold. They still play barefoot. They still. I don't think they're allowed to anymore. No, not in, not in that. Uh, I remember. I remember when I was a young bloke that they used to put the finals of that, that comp on telly quite often. Yeah. On the ABC usually, and um, that there a lot of the blokes used to play barefoot. Yeah. In those days. Yeah. And, and but I think I had heard that uh, for insurance reasons that they weren't allowed to play barefoot. Yeah. But and the re- main reason for that is because. The um, fellas come from down south and they wear boots. So yeah. when they stand on their feet, they hurt them. Yeah. So then they had to stop wearing. Most of them probably sponsored now and get the boots yeah. for free. Yeah. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true too. I'll tell you what I learnt, Teddy. Yes, good. That Mitch learnt a lot in his development at South Barwon. Probably some of the best things he learnt were off the field from Scarlo. That's a very good point, Nipper. Yes. Yeah. That, uh, now, the. the I've been waiting all night for you to ask the question, and you haven't asked it. And probably because we both know Mitch so well that it, we probably know the answer to it, but we might not. You always ask a bloke, what's his nickname? Has he ever had a nickname? Mm. Have you ever had a nickname other than just Mitch or Herbo? I got called Hodgy a little bit at Hodgy. South Bowen. Yeah. Yeah. Left oh, footer. The left footer. Left footer, yeah. yeah. Playing half back at the time. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have been Luke Buckland. Actually yeah, played yeah. a few games he at Bowenheads. Um, bit of a rare, rare unit. He used to just come up with random nicknames for, for people, and that sort of stuck after a training night one night. That's so. not too bad, actually. I yeah. like that. I like that Hodgy. Yeah. Did, when you played at South Bowen, did you? Where, where did you mostly play? I started off playing down back in 2010, and then the year after, I think I started playing a bit more in the midfield, and then towards the end of my footy in there, I sort of. Played midfield and a little bit forward, so yep. yeah, a bit of a rare in the end. But yep. um, most of my time, I was playing as a midfielder. Yeah, I heard a funny story. I reckon I told you the other week um, when you were playing cricket at Barwon Heads. Uh, it came from that, and we had a night at the cricket club towards the end of the last season. And Chris Wellsford came to the club, who coached three premierships or something, was a very good player, and um, it created a really good vibe amongst the. Team teammates and that sort of thing, and um, we asked him, "How did you did you have jobs for everybody in the team? You know, what 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 did you do?" And he said, "Yeah, everybody knew what they had to do. You know, we used to say to um, you know Chaco Mallet, you just got to take the um, bat for as long as you can. The more you bat, the more runs you'll make, and the more successful you'll be." Um, Les Wallace, we just want you to bowl all day and bowl fast and, you know, attack the batsmen and, you know, make them scared and all that sort of thing. And Mitch Herbert said, Mitch, just go out there and have fun. <laughs> and, and that was the way it looked like at cricket. And, I mean, because I remember that final series you played and you made – you have an average batting average of about three for the season, oh, that, that yeah, final series. Yeah, yeah. But I think In you the took, final series? But you took – Three catches in the grand final, and I think a run out that won the game, and that sort of thing. And it was just like, yeah, that was the important part to have. It was quite funny that it was just, just go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah, I think. Which I is, think I was a late starter to the to that yeah. season. The season and yeah. yeah. 
it showed with my uh, lack of preparation with the bat. Yeah. Was that the year that you played a couple of C grade games with us? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. and we had a uh, we had a bit of a purple patch there when we had a. A mate of a mate came oh. down to play. Um, Dragosevich. Mark Dragosevich came down and field off 300s in three weeks, yeah. and one of them was off about nine overs, and it made us all. Didn't play. everyone laugh and say, well, Dragon won't be getting 100 today? Well, I said it when he went out to bat. He went out to bat with nine overs to go, go. <laughs> and I said, you've got no chance of getting 100 today, have you? You're getting 110. <laughs> and, like, you know, I, I remember I even got a 50 in one of the games. That doesn't show how good he was, but um, you know, like he'd still make hundred, and I think you got a big score one day. He'd still make hundred. He got hundred and fifty in a one dayer, yeah. and he and he was they were all cricket shots, and yeah. they were hitting the roof of the club rooms, and, God. and then he stopped playing three games. Oh well, and he, I, who was the mate of the mate? Oh, it was well, Otto? Yeah, he was Otto. <laughs> Otto Moose got Otto down, and Otto said, "I'm going to make." Come down and play too. So, uh, yeah, mate. Wasn't a bad C grade team. Yeah, yeah, it was all right too. Yeah, it was yeah. All right. yeah. yeah, Sachin had a run around too, and uh, yeah, those were the days. Anyway. Anyway, any, once again, Mitch, thanks so much for coming along. It has been a while till we got you on, but as I said, you being a seasoned media performer, we wanted to get good at this before we got you on and wanted to um, do our research. And we wanted to get good at too. Yeah, we wanted to get, we were, we're as good as. We can be now, I think. Yeah. I don't, we're not going to get We've any peaked. better at this. We, have, we may have peaked. We have, may have um, peaked. It's all downhill from now. Oh, no, no. Don't don't be like that. The trailer wing, even though the tree's <laughs> no longer there, the trailer yeah. wing yeah. podcast will last forever. Well, I got the bill the other day. I got a, yeah, it, it's not for free. Mm. So I've got to get, take that to the... Take that up up to the footy club and get it paid for. But anyway, Mitch, so thanks very much for coming along. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Some good stories about about your time at Barwon Heads and away. Um, an original Oz kicker, the number one Oz kick jumper. I, I guess he can have um, because your dad was the the man. So it's, you know we've got a number one cricket cricket cap. I think the whole thing was engineered so that someone would get number one. <laughs> it had nothing to do with it, <laughs> other than I was the captain coach of the first game we played in Ballerine. Yeah. So. so anyway, so thanks very much for coming along. Thanks for your time, and it's been fantastic to have you. Um, I hope your footy lasts a lot longer, although I don't know where you're going and how you're feeling about it, but... Um, Footy's been, uh, you've been really good to our footy club and I hope that our footy club's been really good to you and, and that uh, that continues for as long as, as you want it to. So it. thanks Thank again. You. You've been a great servant of the club and you've been a great guest on the Tour on the Wing. Thanks very much. Thanks, boys. Great to have you, Mitch. Fantastic. So, Nipper, have you got anything to say to finish this off? Maybe we just need to pick up your ass. Pick up your glass, stop your talking and start your walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Thanks everyone, thanks for listening. It simply doesn't get any better than that. A champion player, a champion bloke, a really good person to be around, and a great ambassador for our club. Thanks very much to Mitch for coming along. Thanks to The Beach House for hosting us. Thanks to Nipper for all his research. And thank you for listening.
We'll see you next time. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And time is called and we must piss off. <laughs>